Welcome to Not A Fakin' That Boy Malcolm Random Crap Show. I am your host, That Boy Malcolm, live in Austin, Texas, the week of South by Southwest. Uh, decided to do a show a little later on in the week. Uh, instead of Normally I would do the show during the weekends, but this weekend, this week I decided to wait till the week started because I saw that, you know, NCAA brackets were coming into play. And I decided, you know what, just wait a little bit before doing the show uh, so I can mix a little of the tournament talk in. Uh, a lot of things happening over the last couple of weeks. Uh, last week, I didn't really get to discuss uh, a little bit of boxing. Um, last week, um, uh, last weekend, uh, Adrian Broner def- uh, and uh, Keith Thurman defeated uh, Robert Guerrero and John Molina Jr. in uh in uh the premier boxing debut. I think it was a success. Uh, they had pretty much high ratings. Uh, as expected for boxing, if they were to put uh name guys, young name guys, or hungry guys, you know, guys on the cusp on at prime time, that it would do well, and it it actually did well. Uh, I think it had like a uh, four million v- viewers across the country. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> also this weekend it had uh, uh in boxing. Also this this uh, past weekend last Friday uh, uh Premier had uh Andre Berto versus uh Josito Lopez, which turned out to be a six round fight. Um, Berto knocking getting a technical knockout in the sixth round. When uh, Lopez just got dropped, tried to get up, couldn't continue. Uh, also, on uh, we uh, HBO did their thing with Sergio Kovalev defeating John Pascal uh, by eight round knock, uh, technical knockout stopped by Luis uh, Pabon referee. Uh, this was the first time uh, Pascal has been knocked out in his career. Um, I think this is a good sign for boxing. That was a uh, in the last two weeks, you had four name value fights on, and, and uh, the key with it all is uh, with the premier boxing who's uh, doing a little sharing time. They they the first, their debut was on NBC, and then last weekend, last Friday, they was on uh, Spike TV, and I think they're doing some shows on uh, CBS uh, on CBS. I think this is a good thing for the sport of boxing. To showcase because with the mistake I've always felt that the sport was doing it, it, it was focusing so much on the cable networks, uh, the uh, the premier cable networks, HBO and Showtime. That unless you are a boxing junkie, you really wouldn't get to know a lot. A lot of these young guys wouldn't be known. Uh, Keith Thurman, exciting boxer. Uh, somebody the fans who would be interested in, in knowing about if he was fighting on free television. That was helpful for his career. So, uh, Adrian Broner, who's an interesting character, I think he a little tamer than he normally is, even though people who saw that on uh, on NBC probably thought, whoa, this dude is kind of flamboyant, a little bit out there. But yeah, he's a little bit wilder than that. But uh, he he defeated uh, John Molina, uh, unanimous decision. Two judges scored at one twenty one oh eight. Another judge scored at one eighteen one ten. Interesting match. 
Uh, Rona pretty much dominated the fight. Uh, some would say that uh, Melina Jr. was not was a was not uh, was an easy fight for him. I think people underrated Melina, but I think Broner. This is a good learning experience. He's for him after you know taking a loss last year to Madonna. Uh, he seems to want to get in the ring with Madonna again, which would be interesting because I think. He he needs to get that victory back. Uh, the one thing that bugged me about Broner over his career, and I saw it for the first time uh, a couple of weeks ago, him not doing it, is after his fights, he had a history of uh, making it seem like his opponents weren't up to par. Like you know, he was fighting easy easy fighters. And I think that's been the downfall of, I mean, that's what his talk is of him having easy fights. Because if you talk down your opponent after you defeated him, what the hell did you just do? You didn't beat anybody. If you say you he he's a nobody after you beat him, then what credit am I I'm going to give to you? And for the first time, he said that his opponent was a tough opponent. His opponent gave him a little battle. And it's a smart move, I think. A lot of guys would need, uh, like Floyd Mayweather, for instance. As every Floyd Mayweather, as flamboyant as a trash talk he is, I don't think people realize that he gives his opponent a little credit. He gives his opponent saying his opponent's tough, uh, you know, a good fighter. Uh, you know, he'll talk himself up a lot higher, but he won't say that he he beat a nobody. Uh, same thing for Manny Pacquiao. They, he doesn't say he beat a nobody, and that's the reason why those are the two marquee names in the sport. Um, uh, the other fight on that card, uh, Keith Thurman defeated Robert Guerrero, uh, giving Keith Thurman his 25th win at uh, 25 and 0 record, and Robert Thurman, I mean Robert Guerrero, losing his third fight, 32 and three, with one uh, draw. Uh, the judges scored that 120-107, Interesting, in that fight, Keith Thurman pretty much dominated that fight. I can see, you know, the 120-107 indicates that, you know, one of the judges gave every round to Keith Thurman. Um, in that fight, interesting enough, as Keith Thurman did dominate that fight, I, I made a comment saying that, the public would demand for another fight, even though Keith Thurman has nothing to prove against Robert Guerrero. The reason why I figured the public would demand for another fight, would buy, I mean, would be interested in watching another fight between the two, is is basically because Robert Guerrero, as much as he got dominated, he stuck in there and he kept battling, and. In a loss, I think he did better for his career, Robert Guerrero, in a loss than than uh, than what what you would normally expect. Um, another fight, uh, Andre uh, last Friday on Spike TV, Andre Berto fought Osito Lopez. Uh, Berto pretty much was you know uh, running that fight. This is a good victory for him because he's he's like uh, one of those guys that's on that third tier, not on the second tier. Um, 
the second tier, what I, I call, like, in boxing, in in that weight class, what, in, not even going to say in that weight class, in boxing, your dominant guys right now are, are uh, Vladimir Klitschko, Mayweather Jr., Manny Pacquiao, Andre Ward, those are... Uh, Regendahl, those are your top guys. And then you got those that second tier guys, uh, your Bradleys, your your um, your uh, I could say maybe I, I don't know. I consider Pascal and uh, Kovalev, Kovalev, uh, uh, Golovkin. You know uh, that second tier guys, guys who are either on the cusp of getting. To that top tier, to that elite status, or there are guys who guys got to go through to get to that top status. And I think Berto and Broner and Keith Thurman, he's on the edge of second tier to third to the, to the uh, second tier to third tier. He's on that edge, but uh, these guys are third tier guys. Uh, I think Keith Thurman got a good chance of being a elite guy. That's the one guy out of these guys that I'm mentioning, and and I'm gonna bring up Serge 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 Sergey Kovalev. I think he's a possibility of being an elite guy uh, if he continue what he's doing in the sport. Um, but yeah, Berto defeated uh, Josito Lopez six round technical knockout. And also on on HBO, uh, Kovalev defeated John Pascal eight round technical knock knockout. Um, some would say Pascal looked like he could have continued. I would say no. I think his legs were wobbling at that point. Even though I don't think when the referee stopped it, it was the time. I mean, it looked like it needed to be stopped. I think it should have been stopped beforehand, but I think the referee just tried to see was he going to continue to defend himself and gave Pascal a chance. Um, but in, in the world of boxing, that is the interesting note. Um, and and uh, oh, uh, also what's going on, the uh, college basketball tournament is about to get, uh, get started. Um it's pretty much one of those years. Uh, you know what? It's pretty much one of those years that it's kind of a predictable pool to an extent, but you still, it's the most excited time of the year. Uh, let's go through. Let's go through the NCAA tournament right now. Um, right now the toughest bracket I would say would be. The Eastern East bracket with uh, Villanova as the one seed. Here's your four one seeds: Villanova, Kentucky, Wisconsin, and Duke. Um, in this tournament, I think the toughest uh, bracket is probably the East bracket with Villanova. Teams in that bracket: Villanova, uh, Louisville, Oklahoma, Virginia, Michigan State. Georgia, all capable teams of uh, running through that bracket, uh, making some things happen. Um, in that bracket, I I'm gonna start off with that bracket. Um, probable upsets. I am not so sure. 
I'm I'm not I'm only seeing the biggest upset in that bracket. I'm seeing the biggest upset being Georgia over Michigan State. You know, as tough as that bracket is, I think the top teams is uh, way better. Uh, I see in that in that particular bracket though, the Villanova getting to the Sweet Sixteen, Louisville, Oklahoma, and Virginia. And the team I got coming out of that bracket is Louisville, defeating uh, Virginia in the Elite Eight. Now, in the South bracket, um, the biggest upset early round is, um, I think I got, I, I have a 12-5 uh, upset, Stephen F. Austin defeating Utah. Stephen F. Austin going into the tournament or in the last uh, tw- 12 game, 11 and 1, they're going into the tournament kind of hot. They have a, a RPI of 35, which which shows uh, a lot of respect for that for the school. Um, but other uh, upsets, well, I really as I go through this bracket. I'm seeing everybody's predicting UCLA could be an upset over uh, SMU. I'm actually seeing SMU making the Elite Eight. My Elite Eight out of that bracket is Duke, Georgetown, SMU, and Gonzaga, with Duke defeating Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. Now, the West bracket. Now, this bracket here, I got uh, on this side, I have uh, actually the, the biggest upset. Being Wolford, I'm, you notice in a trend all these upsets. I'm the biggest upsets I'm predicting are 12 5 upsets, which usually every year there's at least one 12 5 match uh, upset. It's I think in the last since the brackets uh went to 64, there's only been one time that a 12 or 5 didn't defeat a 12, and I'm I'm predicting multiple uh, uh 12 5. Uh, upsets um, but and also in this bracket I got a uh, BYU defeating uh, Ole Miss in the in the regional uh, in the first round game basically the playing game and I actually have BYU getting all the way to the third round uh, I think they can defeat uh, defeat Xavier now any uh, uh, another upset I got in, okay, I already mentioned uh, Wilford over uh, Arkansas. My uh, e, uh, my uh, Sweet 16, four teams are Wisconsin, North Carolina, Baylor, and Arizona. And I have the, an upset of North Carolina over Wisconsin and North Carolina f- playing against Baylor in, uh, in the Elite Eight and North Carolina being the team to come out of the West. Now... This is this is my bracket now. I'm not a professional on picking picking college teams, but but uh, let's go to the Midwest Midwest bracket. Um, I got the playing game uh, Hampton losing to Manhattan, but as I go to the tournament, I this is uh, the biggest upset: Buffalo defeating West Virginia. So I'm giving you three 12-5. Uh, uh, Victories. I got Texas defeating Butler, which is an 11 6. Texas as the 11 seed. I think I'm predicting an upset there. 
Uh, well, not really an upset, though. Texas is a one-point favorite, ironically enough. But, yes, I, I got Texas defeating uh, Butler as an 11th seed. Um, in my uh, Elite Eight, I got Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, and Kansas. So, basically, I got the four seeds, top four seeds in the Elite in the Elite Eight, and I got Kentucky defeating Kansas, and Kentucky going to the Final Four. Uh, in the um, in the Final Four, I have Kentucky, North Carolina, Louisville, and Duke. I have Kentucky defeating Duke in the national championship, and that is my NCAA uh, bracketology. Uh, interesting enough. I, I believe that this is uh, simply that year for Kentucky. I'm pre- yes, I am predicting to Kentucky to run the table and uh, be the first team to go 40-0. and 0. And that is my prediction. I'm predicting uh, Kentucky to sweep the whole six games and win it all and, be- and going 40-0 and 0 and probably being known with a bunch of freshmen and at the beginning of the year, John Calipari complaining about this team. There's uh, a hell of a job coaching these guys. Um, the reason why I'm seeing Kentucky dominating this tournament is because they're sensationally long, big, and on defense. They play tough. And that's the reason why I have uh, them defeating Duke with Duke having the star player of the tournament, Okafor. Um, but yeah, I got Kentucky over Duke in the national championship. Um, uh, Calipari, uh, Williams, um, Calipari, Williams, um, Rick Patino, and... Mike Krzyz, uh <laughs> Mike, man, I cannot pronounce his name right now. Um, uh, but those are uh, the folk, four top coaches in college basketball right now, uh, and I think that's pretty much why this tournament is going to turn out the way it's going to turn out. Um, in other news. In other news, uh, in fun news, because I'm starting to lose my voice right now, so I have to come in and out. In other news, uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, Online decided this week to pass in their long one-and-a-half-year-old wait for their patch for Heist Patch. Interesting thing about this here is uh, everybody's been waiting on this, and you get into the game, you play the Heist, and now the big issue is you sit there and you wait, to do a heist because you need four people to do a heist and you can't get four people to do the heist and you sit there and you wait for about 10-15 minutes then you finally get four people and one person internet connection is bad so you can't get into the heist or what happens is, is if you're doing some, a couple of the heist finales uh, the bank uh, not the bank heist the, um, what are the heists the um the uh, the Flinka bank heist and the on uh, which is the initial heist which you can do with two people the 
the big issue on that heist is on the last part of the mission. There's a cargo bot that's supposed to come and pick you up in the car, and it doesn't have the uh, the electric magnet at the bottom of the cargo bot to pick you up in the car. So people are failing that mission because Rockstar needs to fix that 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 bug. Also on uh, the uh, prison break heist, people are failing that heist because. Um, when you're trying to escape on the plane, you cannot lose the water level. I sit there a couple of... I, the first time I did it, I defeated it. I beat it. I, well, I beat it. I beat it, defeated it, and I was able to unlock the next set of heists. But when I try to do it with other people, I'm seeing a trend of not being able to, to beat the heists because I can't. we can't get the water level off. Um... Another thing that bugs about heists is you get the irresponsible player who who sits who who will ruin the heist and not do his job, basically sit his controller down and not do the heist, and now we all fail and now as hard as it is to get four people, you gotta get a whole nother four people because one person is like, Oh, I don't wanna do it anymore and he just quits. <laughs> or you got the one person that just keeps getting killed when you got it on hard, so you try to make it easier for them, and you put it on normal or easy, and then you don't get it paid much money. But it's, um, my big flaw with the heist missions is, uh, besides just the bugs, I don't think there's a big enough payoff for the time you invest in the heist, especially when you are running a heist, because you don't get paid until you're doing the finale of the heist. And, you're going to want to take out so much of a high cut because, you know, you're not getting paid until that point. Even though everybody else who does the previous missions with you, they get paid. Uh, but you don't get paid to the finale of the heist. And by the time you get there, you want to take as much money as possible because you're not really getting paid as much as you need. Uh, but as for the uh, Grand Theft Auto heist mission, I, I enjoy it. Even though you have the frustrations, uh, it gives you a chance to unlock. It gives you a reason to play to unlock the the vehicles or clothing attire, which is fun for me because I enjoy doing the, uh, the the heist mission to get the Hydra, which everybody wants on the game. Um, a pretty much a bomber, maybe you can call it a fighter jet. I, I actually, to me, it's more of a a hover attack jet. Uh, but yeah, you can consider it a, a fighter. It's just very slow. That's the reason why I consider it an attack jet, uh, attack plane over what they would call a fighter. Um, but I, I'm enjoying Grand Theft Auto and suffer uh, those issues. But I'm enjoying the heist missions. Uh, I would say if you're playing the heist missions, uh, you better make sure you have uh, people with mics, microphones, because if you don't have microphones, you, it's a bunch of missions you can't do without microphones. Because you gotta, you gotta continue to communicate with each other, and if you, that that's I think that's somewhat of a flaw in it is the fact that you have to communicate with each other to do the heist missions. Um, there's no other way of doing it because. Like certain heist missions, if you you gotta put cards in at the same time, you gotta follow a certain mark 
that uh, the other person can see, but you can't. Uh, I like the new hacking system on there. That's that's, that's a little snake-like game. I kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying the heist missions. Uh, in the NFL, uh, we had a couple of signings this week. Uh, DeMarco Murray signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then he decides to go to a UFC event in Arlington, Texas, and he got booed, pretty much booed out the arena. But what would you expect when you sign with a rival team in a division? Even though I dislike the Cowboys, I am not shocked. I don't, I don't feel sorry for DeMarco Murray. I, you're going to get booed when you, when you sign with a rivalry and then you go to an event in the same city. Uh, Houston, Texas signed Vince Wilfork. Um, I think is a, a good signing. Hopefully, they, it's a two-year deal, um, five million guarantee. It, it, I could see it being just a one-year deal, de- deal depending on how well Wilford plays, or and also how the growth of uh, Knicks. Uh, under him goes. Hopefully, Knicks, uh, Hakeem Knicks, can play well enough to take take snaps away from Wilford until the point that he's actually starting by next year, and Wilford it'd be a one year contract with Wilford. Um, uh, also, the Texas side, Cecil Shorts, the third uh, received from the Jacksonville Jaguars, a little speedster guy. Um, he's a good he, he's a good number two receiver. He still don't have a quarterback. Uh, they're gonna roll with Brian Hoyer and and uh, and Houston Texans signing uh, Ryan Mallett. Um, I think that's it gives a positive outlook. You got uh, two quarterbacks uh, battling for position. I think Hoyer will probably be projected to be the starter going into training camp. Mallett. Just has to do what he got to do to uh, steal a job. I think he has the talent to do it. Um, I think that will be the opportunity, so we'll see what happens. Um, also in the, uh, in the NFL, you have five players who retired uh, recently, uh, young players under the age of 30. Um, some project that they retired because of concussion fears. Uh, Jake Locker said he had no... He never had love for the game. Um, Willis had uh, previous foot injuries. Um, uh, but Bowman, uh, Bowling, uh, uh, who was going into his second year, straight up said he's retired because of what he's looked in, into. Uh, Boylan, excuse me, Boylan. Uh, what he's looked into, Chris Boylan uh, of the 49ers, uh, looked into about a... Uh, uh, Concussions. He does. He has a fear for his career. He has a fear of his uh, livelihood. Um, Jake Locker, Chris Boylan, and Jason Warwitz of the Steelers are the three guys under under thirty. And Maurice Jones, Drew, and Patrick Willis at the age of thirty. I think Drew retired basically because he, that is the pretty much the age that players retire when it comes to running backs. Um, but Patrick Willis, uh, he's, he's had some foot injuries, uh, recently, but I think it also could be fears of concussions too. Um, I, I, my opinion of this is, uh, 
is the NFL needed to do years ago, needed to do a better job of uh, providing insurance for their retired players and making sure that health needs were taken care of uh, by the league instead of making the, uh, the athletes do it themselves after retire because because of their careers, it's, it's pretty much tough for those af- athletes to be able to get insurance to take care of themselves uh, because... They are uh, because of their NFL career. They've they and these are athletes that didn't play when there was the big money. Uh, because of their NFL careers, uh, insurance companies wasn't willing to accept them because they were basically expenses. They were high expenses, and that goes back on my perfect personal belief about insurance in general. It's too much. It, it was too much of a business at that time. Uh, instead of being uh, something to help take care of people, it was basically a way of uh, making money off of people. Now, I have these projections of uh, um, that when it comes to the NFL, I think there will be more guys in the upcoming years to either choose choose to retire young once they get the get a, a good money. Good enough money get you know after a few years after they see the reality. I can see guys uh playing after their first initial after their second contract that first big contract negotiation, playing that contract out and retire at the age of thirty, thirty somewhere between thirty thirty two years old or even even younger if they get cut especially if they get released and just let go and retire. Uh, I'm seeing. I can see a lot of young guys coming to the league, holding on to their whole, you know, uh, saving their money and trying to live a more of a simple life and trying to instead of trying to live a, a more complicated life because of basically fears of head trauma, not wanting to go to go through what they see older guys go through. Now I can also see, and this is this is my big projection. I see a possibility of uh, some highly touted prospect, and it's, I don't see it right now. But in the in the upcoming years, I'm out like maybe five or ten years from now, it's gonna get to a point that you're gonna have highly touted prospects that just decides that the, instead of just decide to turn down all the money and not play in the NFL. As crazy as it sounds, as crazy as the money will be at that point in period in time, I think you're gonna see some kids. It's like it's not even worth it. But you still, but those I, my trend on that is is the kids I'm seeing. I can see doing that will be kids who are from backgrounds who are pretty much. It wouldn't hurt them as much now if you see someone that's from. A rough neighborhood, uh, a low-income neighborhood. Those are going to be your guys more likely to continue to play, because and more likely to be that second, that, that middle-tier guy to stay until their mid-thirties because they don't want to go back. You know, they got more to lose. But middle-class and up kids, uh, I can see them turning down the money. Um, but as I said before. Uh, earlier, um, I got Kentucky winning the national championship. Um, oh yeah, um, I didn't mention this. Uh, I was talking about boxing. Uh, next uh, April 11, you got a fight between um, 
uh, Lamont Peterson and da Danny Garcia at uh, in the Barclays uh, Barclays Center in Brooklyn. They're fighting uh, at a 143 catch weight. Uh, Lamont Peterson, 33-2-1 career. He's one of those guys I talk about that's on that third tier. And Danny Garcia is a young guy. I, I don't have his record right now on me, but um, he's on that third tier that can possibly be on that second tier. And if he, if he beats second tier guys, he has the possibility of being an elite guy. But I think he's at least five years away from being an elite guy. But he can he can do a lot of damage right now to put himself in that second tier and stay in that. I mean, and and push himself up to that top tier. Maybe I, I'll change that. I'll say three years. You can get about six fights, six to eight fights in three years. And that'll be enough to put you on a top tier standard if you de defeat a lot of good quality guys, especially if. Uh, at least five of those uh, eight guys are second-tier guys, you could put yourself in that elite status. Um, especially by by time, in about three years from now, I could see no more Floyd Mayweather, no more uh, Manny Pacquiao, um, uh, no more Klitschko. So somebody's going to replace have to replace those guys. And uh, I'm seeing Keith Thurman as a, a guy that can replace uh, those guys as a top tier guy if he continues his path. Uh, Golovkin as a top tier guy if he continues his path. Uh, Ward keeping that going as a top tier guy. Uh, um, and uh, let's see what happens in uh, in the world of boxing. But um, I guess we'll wrap this pep puppy up. And. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I guess I try. I, I will have to find another topic soon to do my third show of the week. Uh, maybe not third show of the week, but uh, probably uh, to continue my my weekly show ideal. Uh, but um, hope you enjoyed the show. Keep riding with me and uh, and uh, tune in. You can add me add my Facebook page. I've been sent a lot of invite. Uh, Invites to a lot of you guys. Not a faker. Bad uh, boy bathroom. Random crap page. You can like it on Facebook. Um, you can uh, you can download it on iTunes if you uh, if you if you find a Facebook page, you click on the link that's on the Facebook page. The Podbean link. And if you're on your mobile devices, you can uh, you can download this uh, download and you can get this get my random crap. And my random gibberish right to your phone, and you can laugh or you can talk crap about it. But hey, uh, thanks for listening. Um, be ready for you. Uh, be ready to take the show next week.